football. It's time for the live stream pregame show. Bobby Burton here alongside Jerry Hamilton uh, of Inside Texas. And on three, guys, uh, win and they're in. That's the news from the Austin American Statesman who uh, did a deep dive on the Longhorns game this year, and our team this year, and the Big 12 tiebreakers that are so convoluted, Jerry, that it took, you know, it, it really took a deep dive to figure all this out. But according to Danny Davis uh, of the Statesman, uh, Texas defeats Iowa State, and that there, and then there are more than two teams that tie for the Big 12 championship. So even if Texas went and lost to Texas right. Tech, the Longhorns would be in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, you know what? This is what they play for uh, on Sal on, on later today at six thirty or at seven thirty. Longhorns uh, seven o'clock. Geez, this is where my mind's going right now, right, guys? Um, Longhorns big time right now. Need to win this game in Ames. Uh, Joe Cook, uh, our beat reporter on in, from Inside Texas, will be live with us here later in the show uh, to join us from Ames. Uh, but I'm going to talk with Jerry Hamilton. We're going to talk a little football, a little recruiting as well, because some Jerry was at a big time game last night uh, that uh, saw a Texas commitment uh, bring out an unexpected victory. Jerry, uh, what do you think about this news? Win and they're in. Yeah, I think uh, I think that I'm going to downplay it a little bit. I mean, it's nice, but they have so much more. I mean, they have so much more for me. I mean, I think. Hey, look, want to play for the Big Twelve Championship? Yeah, I get it. But to me, if they win this week and then lose next week and they do it with two losses, I'm not. I mean, sure, good. I mean, but it's not going to mean the same thing for me. Um. I do think it would take one of the two pressure points off if they win this week, headed into next week. But I think this team has bigger possibilities right now. People are going to lose this month. Oh, either Ohio State or Michigan's going to lose. Oregon State's either they're probably going to beat Washington or Oregon uh, or Oregon. Oregon State's going to beat somebody. People are going to lose. Uh, so there's so much on the line tonight. It'd be nice, yes, to have your ticket punched. Um, but that ticket punch at 11 and one so much different than 10 and two for me. I'm not trying to downplay it, but Texas is in a position where there's a lot more on the line for this program. I got you. Um, look, there's a lot of different uh, thoughts and, and comments here. Uh, you know what else is happening? A&M searching for, for a leader. Uh, they lost. Uh, they, they tried to get Dan Campbell from the Detroit Lions. Uh, Aggie grad. He said he's staying put. Uh, they've also already talked to Jeff Trailer. That news is out. Uh, the head coach at UTSA. Other names uh, in that uh, category that we keep hearing that we've heard they've tried Dan Lanning at Oregon, and that hasn't gone well for him. No. Uh, so they're they're on to some guys that may or may not be the right people for them. Uh, we'll see, or may just be down the list. We'll have to wait and see how it goes. Uh, but a lot of things going on uh, today in college football. Michigan firing an assistant yesterday uh, who was caught up, a, a on-the-field assistant, by the way, yes. who was caught up in that cheating scandal. The linebacker coach, tell me that somebody last year, the linebacker coach, that was a new linebacker coach, right? Right. Tell me the linebacker coach from last year didn't have the plays too. Well, here's the thing. If you're firing, if you're 10-0 and you're firing your linebacker coach a week and a half before you play Ohio State, then they have a lot of juice on Michigan. You don't just fire your linebacker coach when you're 10-0 unless you're forced to. That's that's bad news for Michigan, in my opinion. 
bad news. Yeah, I, I, I don't like it at all, but uh, it is what it is. All right, uh, Jerry, any late uh, last minute things you're hearing from the Longhorns? I, I haven't heard anything of, of sorts. We're going to bring Joe Cook in here in a second and get his take as well. Uh, the beat reporter for InsideTexas.com uh, and get his talk. But uh, any last minute thoughts from you before uh, we head to Joe? No, you know, I think I think we've talked about it. Everything's in front of this team. Uh, look, I think that a few things for this game for me. Number one is no first half turnovers for Texas. I think that's huge because, uh, you know, Iowa State's going to try to milk the clock on you. And if you turn it over, that just gives them another position to try to milk the clock. Two defensive line. And I'm not just talking the interior defensive line. I'm talking ends, too. Iowa State has too many short arms. I, I, I said it. Uh, before another game this year, but there's just too many short arms on the Iowa State offensive line, especially on the interior, uh, to do well against Texas. They're going to have to move Rocco back. They're going to have to move the pocket consistently. If Texas takes away the outside run of Iowa State, um, then Iowa State's going to have a, a very tough time moving the football. Um, offensively for Texas, look, I, it's just it's it's an execute. They're going to be asked to execute at the highest level they have offensively since Alabama. Um, so the key to that then is, is, is not turning the football over in the first half, giving yourself opportunities. I think getting ahead of Iowa state is huge in this game because Iowa state, they don't want to have to play from behind. If you look at the Kansas game, that's not their strength. They're not going to be good in that scenario. All right. Uh, bringing in Joe, uh, cook, uh, alongside myself as well, Bobby Burton, as well as Jerry Hamilton, Joe, you're up in Ames. I, I see you got the curtains closed there in the hotel room. I got in late last night. I know that you were on the plane uh, when I was texting with you. Uh, what's the scene like up in Ames this morning? Haven't made it to Ames quite yet. I'm in Ankeny. Uh, oh I, yeah, about thirty minutes away. Yeah, I tried the local fair in, in Outback Steakhouse last night, and uh, <laughs> Iowa. It's it's kind of funny. It's Iowa State Championship Week because on TV was Ankeny versus Southeast Polk, so uh, a little bit different high school football culture up here. They were playing at UNI. But, you know, I, I've been to Ames, uh, I think, let's see, three times now, uh, 2017, 2019, 21, and then this year. And you just see everybody get up for this game. And I think every game I've been to here has been at night, um, including a Thursday. So this is a fan base that's very dedicated. Uh, they, I think you've heard it from players and, and even Matt Campbell himself. They've got two teams. They get up for Iowa. And for some reason, they get up for Texas. And this is the uh, the second opportunity now uh, for a game to get up for. And uh, I think Texas is going to see that. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is the third largest stadium in the Big 12. I think Jack Trice has just over 60,000. Um, so it's behind uh, Gaylord Family Stadium in Oklahoma and then, obviously, DKR with 100,000. So this is a good environment. Um, that Their speakers are loud. And uh, their fans are pretty passionate and should be fun to, to check out. I, I like I like seeing Ames and I like this experience. And uh, it's it's another one of those Big 12 towns that's great to spend 48 hours in. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, Joe, any last minute news on the Longhorns? Anybody that didn't make the trip that you've heard of? Anybody that's out like Keelan Robinson and or uh, Jalen Catalan, uh, the running back and the defensive back? You know, I, it seems like from what we've reported at Inside Texas, those are two guys who are going to be here. Um, I'm going to get there pretty early up in Ames and see just exactly what they're doing. Uh, this is one of the places we get pregame field access, kind of like we did for TCU. And 
Uh, you know, I saw uh, Jalen Catalan go through warmups, but and uh, that was about it. I think that was the only uh, action he saw. And, you know, last week I saw Ethan Burke go through warmups and he ended up playing a good amount. So we'll see what happens. Um, even if they suit up, you can just tell by what they are doing, um, you know, in those drills, if they're taking reps at all, if they're going to be a part of the plan. So uh, make sure that you're uh, sticking to uh, check our socials over on Inside Texas today. We'll be uh, keeping you updated um, here, there, and everywhere on uh, who's practicing, who's uh, taking reps, and uh, who's in certain spots before the game gets going. Yeah, as well as the uh, Inside Texas message boards, we have a, a thread ongoing on game day, uh, as well as a game thread, uh, too. And, of course, we have our watch with us here on On Texas Football and post-game show uh, as well. Joe, uh, you, you've been uh, covering the Longhorns. You were, at the, uh, you were on the Zoom with uh, Steve Sarkeesian on Thursday. What was your takeaway from, from his comments uh, about the Longhorns having such a good day of practice on Thursday? That, he, he seemed genuinely sincere about that. It wasn't just throwaway words, was it? We, we were all three on that Zoom, I'm pretty sure. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm curious what you all think. That was like when you think of Steve Sarkeesian having quiet confidence – that seemed like he had a lot of quiet confidence on, on Thursday. Like he didn't really talk up a, a lot about, you know, he talked up the opportunity, of course, because it, it appears if they win this game, they'll be heading to, to Arlington no matter what happens in the Big 12. But it didn't sound like there was a lot of, you know, reasons for, maybe not reasons for concern. He's a coach. There's always going to be reasons for concern. But he, he liked what he saw throughout the course of the week, I guess to say, and he even admitted, you know, he coached them hard at harder this week than maybe he had in, you know, previous weeks, previous months. And I think that that means a lot considering who's been on the schedule and who's been on the schedule at certain points. They had Alabama in week two, they had Oklahoma while undefeated in, you know, early October. And maybe they reared back on some of the physical physical aspects because it's week eleven, because it's November eighteenth. You know, it's the week of November eighteenth and these guys are beat up, but he still said he coached them as hard as, as he has all year. And uh, he got a good response from it. I, I think that, um, and I wrote about this, like that's a little bit of a sign of what Steve Sarkeesian knows from his experience with Pete Carroll, with Nick Saban of, you know, what it takes to get through this point in November. There are a lot of Longhorns who have been in, <clears throat> I guess you could say big 12 title races but this is about the point they get that that third conference loss and knock themselves out. And so Steve Sarkeesian is working this week and trying to press the right buttons to get them past that hump, to get them past that point that seems to always be the the point where they falter. And, and I think him saying that he coached them harder than he has all year this week is, is evidence of, you know, I know we like to joke about the fourth quarter and second half collapses, but that's putting that's putting the foot on the gas. That's making sure that guys are still locked in and still uh, working towards not just winning a conference championship, but anything that may come after that. All right, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go here to the top of the hour. We've got some questions coming in as well. I want to say thank you to our sponsor. That's Andy Ludicky of MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're looking to own your own business. Uh, and want to get into franchise ownership or look into it seriously, give Andy a shout. It's a free consultation. He takes you through the whole process. Visit him at myperfectfranchise.net or Andy at myperfectfranchise.net. That's his email, 
9901. Andy's a huge Longhorn fan, uh, as his his son, by the way, uh, very little boy that uh, loves the Longhorns. Uh, we wish him nothing but the best with what he's doing there uh, for folks setting them up with their own businesses. All right, guys, got some questions coming in. Uh, and let's just start with some things that we've got to get out of the way, in, in particular recruiting, Jerry. Uh, Waco Connolly goes down last night, 50 to seven, Kobe Bryant, or Kobe Black, excuse me, uh, from Waco Connolly, uh, Justin Wells saying that he's expected to make a decision now, uh, uh, the 29th of this month. That's literally 10 days away, essentially. Uh, then we also have Trey Owens, a game that you were at, uh, beats, uh, Katie in overtime. This is the Longhorn quarterback that not everybody was in love with when they took him, but has had a tremendous senior year. Uh, other news, Ty Anthony Smith was on that Jasper team that beat Waco Connolly. Will he be coming in for an official visit still? And now Xavier Philsame out of McKinney did lose this week. Uh, they lost in the playoffs. Is he still scheduled to come? Talk a little bit about recruiting, uh, high school playoffs, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. I'll start uh, with the uh, Trey Owens game last night. They beat Katie 28-21. Not your traditional Katie team. Not the same talent level, but it's still Katie high, right? I mean – Katie High did not think they were going to lose that game. Uh, Trey, Trey played a physically tough game. I mean, Katie had a better defensive front than Cy Fair did offensive line, although they held up pretty well. Uh, but, uh, you know, that ever receiver Owen Carter going to Rice, who made some plays. But Trey Trey showed toughness. I mean, there was a he's not, he's not a guy that is going to run at the next level, but he had to make some plays last night to keep plays alive. And there was a third and 13 where he picked up 14 for first and goal where he had to take some hits and 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 kind of move the pile forward. But at 6'5", 220, that's the one thing he can do. Uh, but, yeah, he made he made really – he made a number of good throws last night under duress. Uh, but he, he the big one, the big one to get the game into overtime, um, uh, that, that was probably as good a throw as he made. Actually, the first deep ball for a touchdown was probably the best throw he made. Uh, but he played a tough physical game last night because he was going to get hit. He was going to be pressured. Uh, he, he made he made enough plays uh, for Cy Fair in the passing game because they were going to struggle running the ball. Uh, Landon Rink, the 2025, showed up. He has a great motor. I mean, I don't know. He's such a tough kid because he's not really SEC D-tackle sized, but he has a motor that you wish all the big kids had that don't have it. So he's such a difficult recruit there uh, for, for some schools. I have a feeling in the sec, but man, he plays hard. Yeah. Kobe black. We've been waiting on the day. Uh, you know, Justin, I've consistently said, there's nothing that said this thing was going to December 20th at all. So it's going to be, okay. When is this thing going to finally come to a conclusion? And November 29th is going to be that date. I think Texas um, continues to be the big leader there. Uh, Ty Anthony Smith, you know, I uh, reported earlier this week that he was going to take an official visit to Texas, just depending on the playoff schedule. Now, Justin said he's gonna he's playing the visit officially next weekend. They play a Friday game against Quero in Alvin on Friday. So they they win that game, they play that game, win or lose. It's conceivable he could go to Austin Saturday, Sunday. And I think Coach Crumley at Jasper will, um, especially with what's going on with this AM coaching change, will accommodate Ty Anthony trying to help navigate a tough process for the kid because he was one kid that was locked in on AM. I mean, he'd been talking to Texas. He had an official visit scheduled. He canceled uh, and then locked in with AM. So now he's going through a situation with AM hiring a search firm, which I told they was I was I was told they did. This process is gonna take a little longer for AM. 
So that really helps Texas with Ty Anthony Smith. If, if A&M had made a quick decision and just gone with a Jeff Trailer or somebody, I think Texas would be up against it. Uh, but that does not look like it's going to be the case. a and going to go through this whole process. And the longer that process plays out, the better it is for Texas and Ty Anthony Smith. Xavier feels same with McKinney losing last night. I'll have to make a call there a little bit later. Um, you know, they lost a heartbreaker. So, you know, you don't hit the phone at 730 in the morning. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, Xavier feels same scheduled to be at Florida for the Florida State game. Now, will he show up in Austin before that this week? They're out of school and he doesn't have practice. So, uh, and I tell, I do know who will be practicing Texas. So, we'll, we'll make a call on that and see uh, – uh, if Phil Same comes to Austin before the Florida visit next weekend, or if it's after, hey, look, he could come in. You know, you could look. These visits happen, right? You you don't go to school one day. You come down with your family, um, and you go watch Texas practice, spend time with the staff the week of the Big Twelve championship. Right? We'll, right, we'll, we'll, we'll get to more recruiting questions yeah. a little bit later in the show. I want to uh, join back in with Joe Cook. He's up in Iowa, uh, preparing to cover the Texas Iowa State game later today. Uh, if you did not hear the outset of this uh, broadcast, uh, when and they're in, the Longhorns apparently hold all the tiebreakers against the other schools uh, if there are multiple schools that end up with two losses, but only if the Longhorns beat Iowa State tonight. Uh, they beat Iowa State tonight. They would have the tiebreakers against all other schools that could have two possible losses. Uh, of course, that's not guaranteed either, uh, but uh, essentially win in their end because if they, they go down to three losses, Texas can't have three losses, even if they lose uh, to Texas Tech. Uh, Joe, I know you did some a little bit of research on that, read Danny Davis's article on the, uh, uh, on the Austin American Statesman. Give folks a little sense of what you uh, understand of that situation. <clears throat> Excuse me. Obviously, the head-to-head uh, -head is is first tiebreaker. Um, but if if Texas uh, is <clears throat> basically the only head-to-head -head loss they would have uh, at this juncture would be to to Oklahoma. Um, but they're first in the standings. This only becomes an issue if they lose one of these next two games. And the way it works is they go with I think it's tiebreaker or record against common opponents. So let's say I think you have Oklahoma State, uh, Kansas State, um, and then I guess even even the yeah Oklahoma State and Kansas State those be the two schools that I think are the candidates here. Texas has beaten Oklahoma State. Texas hasn't played, or excuse me, Texas has beaten. It's all man. I'm even confusing myself right now. It shows the whole process. But basically, Texas has beaten the right teams to where the teams that are involved in this process they would have a tiebreaker over because of the wins they have, even with having potentially two conference losses. The best way to take care of everything is to beat Iowa State, to beat Texas Tech, be the number one team in the Big 12, and just watch everything else and watch all the other fan bases and, and media outlets and, and you know team-centric sites have to worry about tiebreaker processes, which uh, hopefully uh, you and I and Jerry don't have to work on this week, and we can just kind of be able to go into it watching uh, what happens after seeing a, a win for, for Texas and not have to concern ourselves with that. Well, I'm going to put the big Big 12 standings up here. As you can see, Texas is 6-1. Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Iowa State are all 5-2. and two. If Texas beats Iowa State, that kicks them down to three losses. Uh, Texas right. could own, The worst record then Texas could have in conference is 7-2. and two. Uh, So they would basically be tied, ostensibly, 
with Kansas State, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State. Those four teams have not played one another. Uh, Texas, in fact, if Oklahoma State gets to is the other one of the tied teams, Texas is definitely in. So basically, if Texas wins tonight and Oklahoma State wins tonight, Texas is going to be in because they don't have a game against Oklahoma State as a common opponent, and Texas would have beaten all common opponents that uh, those three teams, if OU also wins out, have. Kansas State, well, they also have uh, the wins over them as a common opponent, too. Uh, Iowa State, by the way, uh, it does matter uh, because they've played both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. So if you lose to Iowa State and then beat Texas Tech, this does not apply uh, because Iowa State has played all of those teams as well. And if they were in that uh, common group, then they would go ahead of Texas, actually. Uh, so that's why this Iowa State game is such a big deal right now for the Longhorns. All right, Joe, any last thoughts before we let you let you go? I know you got stuff to do. Uh, we appreciate you joining us there from Iowa today. Any la- any final notes you want to add or things that you're looking for that are the keys to victory for the Longhorns today? You know, one of the big things, and I'm not sure if you all talked about this, was uh, the, the comments from Ames uh, from the uh, Iowa State. <laughs> We've talked about them all week, buddy. All exactly. Week. And I know you wrote about it. I wrote about it. Uh, Jerry, I think you touched on it. Uh, like it, it's if you're a competitor at this level, if you're a power five football player with championship aspirations, what you do probably doesn't change from one person's comments. You don't you have a, a, a base level of motivation just to go out and hit each other Monday through Saturday. But that doesn't hurt. That doesn't hurt at all. That doesn't hurt getting the juices flowing. Uh, that doesn't hurt, you know, making sure that you put in the right effort. Monday through Friday. And I think that's what even Steve Sarkeesian was really big on talking about. Don't let that get you on, on game day and make you grit your teeth and clench your fists and all that type of thing. That's it. That doesn't, that doesn't help. That, that hurts more than it helps, but that should help you, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, run that extra yard, put in that extra rep, that type of thing to where you're better on Saturday for it. And I think uh, Texas, defensive line which was the wrong unit to to call out uh is going to uh make life difficult for the iowa state o-line and i think all of texas is gonna you know think about that when they trot on the field that that like i said that shouldn't be their primary motivator their primary motivator should be going to earn a win and earn their spot in arlington and continue on the you know to be in this playoff conversation to be you know, talked about with Alabama and Oregon and, and Washington and all these different teams. But it doesn't hurt that a Cyclone offensive lineman gave them something to think about uh, when they went through the course of practice this week. And, and I, I, Bobby, I'm going to hit on this again. So uh, because Joe wasn't on when we talked about this yesterday, he was flying. So I, I, I'm i of the opinion that wasn't done to motivate Texas, Oh, you know, I, I don't think that was traditional trash talk. I think Matt Campbell sent that guy out with a purpose to try to get cheap 15-yard penalties and maybe a targeting call because he knows he's outgunned in this game. And if he can get Texas to play without composure, key third and three, 15-yard hands to the face by Byron Murphy, first down, keeps drive along, uh, going, targeting by somebody, gets you ejected from the game. He was clearly – coaching he sent that guy out with a message for a purpose other than football and i think the 
one thing that's lost is we see a lot of very cordial comments from Matt Campbell. You know, everybody, you know, sees, oh, he, oh I respect this program. You know, a lot of great players. I respect what Sark's doing at Texas. And that's probably all true. But Brees Hall doesn't make the five-star culture comment if it's not coming from somebody higher up in the pecking order than the running back or the running back coach. Uh, that Jared Hooford doesn't make that comment unless somebody, you know, who's coaching him is telling him that. So I think that, you know, while Campbell has been very cordial and always has been in, in front of the cameras, except when he's yelling at officials or his own fans. Um, or Jatavian Sanders. Or Jatavian Sanders. Uh, I think it's pretty clear that, you know, that that didn't just come organically from Jared Huford. I, I think that uh, Campbell, uh, as, as those Brees Hall comments show from a couple of years ago, Campbell definitely let planted that seed within his team. Uh, and, you know, that's that's what he's got to do when, when you, you're at Iowa State and you don't have the, the talent advantage like you do at a team like Texas. you got to find that edge. And, uh, hey, you know, kudos to him for planting that in him. But still, you got to let it all play out at Jack, Jack Trice Stadium at this point. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah. All right. That's Joe Cook, uh, uh, beat reporter uh, for the Texas Longhorns for InsideTexas.com. Make sure you check out InsideTexas.com if you get a chance. All right, Joe, thanks. Good luck today. Uh, let us know. We'll be looking for your stuff, uh, being the game thread, uh, as well as here on, on Texas football as well. Uh, thanks, Joe. To it. Thanks, Bobby. Have a good one, buddy. All right. Uh, that's uh, Joe Cook, a friend uh, of ours. I've been uh, covering Texas Longhorns, the Longhorn grad as well. Uh, we got a number of questions coming up uh, in the uh, chat. Well, I want to finish. I want to say this before I get to those questions, uh, Jerry. It's been five years. You know, you 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 said when we first got going. Ah, oh, well, you know, they need to be. They've got uh, their eyes on a bigger prize, etc. Um, I want to say this. It's been five years since Texas played in one game, in a single game, where they had a shot to go to the to the Big Twelve championship. Okay, it's a big day. Yeah, I mean, we can't. I, I don't disagree that they have bigger fish to fry, so to speak. But today is a big day uh, yeah. for this Texas team. All right, I'm going to go to uh, some questions. Uh, some of these are, are not necessarily all about the Longhorns. Uh, a couple of them are interesting. Uh, here's one from uh, Juan. What kind of offense does Oklahoma State run? If you haven't seen Mike Gundy run his offense, uh, he likes to spread you out so he can run downhill. And, and he has got a really good downhill running back right now. Hey, and by the way, and so I talked to somebody with 
true knowledge of Oak State earlier this week when I was on the road going to high schools. They changed after that, that a couple early debacles. They were going through that quarterback, playing three guys, didn't want with the guy they should have gone with the whole time. But once they got that thing settled, because Ollie Gordon was not a great practice player early in the year, so they had to push him. They went away from more of that zone scheme and went back to downhill power football pool two and get after you with Ollie Gordon, which is his strengths. And that those two things changed this team this year because they were headed down the wrong, wrong path, and everybody knew it. So they're going to run power. They're going to pull two. They're going to let Ollie Gordon run behind his pads, a big guy, fall forward. Um, and, and move the chains, but Mike Gundy's going to attack you. You know, look, he attacks you with a bunch of trips and bunch sets. Uh, so he's uh, he, he's as smart as they come. But I'll tell you what, he made some key changes this year to save that season. Uh, we talked early on about uh, A&M and their quest for a coach. What do you think of uh, Ryan Day uh, possibly be willing to listen to A&M thoughts? I mean, he hasn't got it done at Ohio State. Why would he all of a sudden be able to get it done in – College Station. I mean, that's not a better job. No. I mean, it's not a job that has more um, – I mean, look, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, um, those are the three teams that – and LSU. Yeah. Those are the four teams that have the most access to talent um, in our primary schools in big states with a lot of uh, uh, a lot of football players. Ohio State is the school in Ohio, and yet they can't really win the Big Ten the last two years. Yeah, I don't buy this one at all. Um, I mean, look, there's a lot of guys that are either flexing some muscle, their agents are flexing muscle right now. That's like I said with Lincoln Riley, right, yeah. Jerry? Yep, yep, they're flexing muscle. You told me to fire my DC. Okay, I can leave here at any time. I can go I can go get paid the same amount of money somewhere else. If you're Ryan Day, uh, you know, I'm, I've taken a lot of heat. I haven't beat Michigan the last two years. Um, uh, is some people want me gone in Columbus if I don't beat Michigan this year. Okay, well, I have other suitors. Maybe I can go to the NFL. People want me. Do y'all want me? I mean, I think that's the game being played right now with a lot of these guys. And I think when the dust settles, um, this job's going to come down to probably Jeff Trailer, Mike Elko, um, and maybe a, a name or two not on the Ryan Day level uh, that we haven't heard yet. Yep. Mike Elko, by the way, getting courted a little bit by Michigan State, too, Jerry. All right, uh, here's uh, Justin Yarbrough, LFG, guys. Just win, baby. Hook them. Uh, completely agree, Justin, with that sentiment. Longhorns playing for a chance uh, to go to the Big 12 championship game tonight. All right, uh, buddy pal, chief big guy with this one. I uh, saw an interview with Devondre Sweat. He said he was the one laughing that triggered the Bo Davis rant. What if he would have jumped in the portal, Jerry? <laughs> like Bo said so. Yeah, I think, uh, look, I, I think there were a few guys. Uh, I don't think there was only one guy. Um, but it goes to, if a guy will stick to it and believe in what a new staff can do, the culture can change. And, you know, you get with the right guy and he will develop you and get you where you should be and want to be. Got it. Uh, this one from David uh, Williams. Uh, Coach Sark always says the team practices well. He and Coach Kowski's calls and their ability to attack ISU weaknesses in a way that benefits their players is what will be most important. That's true. Both parts are true. He, he does tend to, to uh, lean on the positive of uh, Sark and his team practicing well. 
Uh, David, he went overboard on Thursday with it. It was abnormally like we really practiced fast. It's he actually gave some examples. So he, I, I think he was sincere about that. As far as game time decisions, look, I agree with you. I think that, yeah. that coaching and, and I mentioned this early uh, in the week, I think the headsets are going to matter on uh, a later tonight. I really, really do. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I just, I feel that in my, my gut. All right. Uh, oh, by the way, I want to say this on Tavondre Sweat and him being, tr being the one that who's laughing triggered the Bo Davis rant. I want to be the guy that actually made tape the film. I, when I first saw that, I was like, who had the, you know, what's to be videoing that rant, like which player or staffer that player did transfer. Uh, it, he will be renamed, remain nameless, but that's one of those that uh, are interesting uh, to, to talk about is how those guys got going. All right, Mike Gosnell, rocking my vintage Ricky Williams jersey, number 34. What are Jaden Blue, or do you have number 11 by chance? Uh, what are Jaden Blue and Savion Red strengths that can be a factor in the running game? I'm telling you, those two are going to be needed today. It can't be all about Cedric Baxter. Jaden Blue's got to run outside the tackles. Um, he's not really the inside zone scheme runner. Um, that's just not his strength dating back to high school. He wasn't a guy who liked to just uh, stick that run up inside and break tackles and power, fall forward. That's not really his strength. His strength is getting to the edges and making big plays with uh, his ability to accelerate to the second level. Also tremendous in the passing game, or has tremendous hands. Uh, probably the best hands of any running back Texas has had in several, several years. Um, so I think that's going to be where you would see uh, Jaden Blue have success uh, for Texas. Savion Red, he fits the inside zone scheme. He has a little bit of that patience, and I'm not comparing him. He has patience like Jonathan Brooks. He's not in a rush to run up onto his offensive tackle, his offensive guard. He has patience. So he actually fits the scheme. The question is, do they have confidence in him to execute it? Uh, they have confidence in Baxter and Blue to execute the run game. That's going to be the whole key. I think Keelan Robinson, if he's he healthy uh, enough, is the number two guy, that Bobby, because that should, that, that's the direction they went in the Washington Bowl game. And I think that's the direction they do go again with the experience here in this game on the road. All right, uh, you're listening to the pregame show, Longhorn Livestream. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Jerry Hamilton of InsideTexas.com. If you're just joining us now, uh, we appreciate you. Uh, Jerry, uh, the, you at the outset said that your keys to victory were to get out fast, no turnovers in the first half. Yeah. Uh, UT Parking had this to say, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this one up. We need to pressure their QB today. That's the key to this game, LFG. I'm going to say this. Winning the line of scrimmage is imperative for Texas. Uh, because if they don't, if the Texas uh, defensive line in particular does not decidedly win this game, I it plays so into Iowa State's style of play, it's not even funny. you got to get them in third and long, not third and three. Period. End of story. And that's somewhat similar to what happened to TCU a week ago. Texas started off getting TCU into third and long, ended up letting him move the ball a little bit running, move the ball a little bit pass. All of a sudden it was third and three or second and five, and they had the keys to the kingdom. Okay, now this team, this 
Uh, Iowa State team does not throw the ball around like TCU. They don't have um, they don't have that kind of spread attack, but they are a smart offense, and and they will beat you if they get, if given the opportunity. I agree here. Uh, key key to the game: dominating defense for me. Texas has to keep them under or in that twenty point range. They get up in the thirties. Oh boy! I mean, that's, well, that's, well, that's too good. If Iowa State gets up in the thirties, Texas has played their worst game of the season. I mean, on defense for sure. Probably. Period. I mean, here's Iowa State's output against. I mean, they had scored 13 against Iowa, okay? But they scored 37 against Oak State, but that's before Oklahoma State when they were starting to flip that switch, okay? They scored 20 at Oklahoma. They're having some success running the ball. Then they got dusted. 27 TCU, I mean, uh, 30 against Cincinnati, 30 against Baylor. Uh, They had 21 against Kansas, but they had 11 in the fourth quarter, and BYU doesn't count because they're terrible. I mean, if Texas gave up 30 to Iowa State, I mean, Iowa State couldn't run the ball and score against Kansas, who's bad on defense. And that would be probably the most disappointing thing I've seen with Texas this year is if Iowa State put up 30 offensive points because they're They're not. Kansas is bad on defense, but good in the secondary. I mean, I will say that. That, I think that was the thing that struck me about that game is, is Iowa State couldn't run the ball on Kansas. I think they're the only team that struggled running the ball in Kansas all year. Because watch, Kansas State's about to truck Kansas rushing the football today. They're about to run it up there, you know what. Yeah, they, they may very well do that, Jerry. All right, uh, Jay Lee here. Uh, like most of our games, don't you feel this is only a Texas by 14-plus or ISU by three? Game. I don't know about the ISU by three because I'll say this: Texas is nine and one. Yeah. They've only lost one single point game or single score game this year, Jay. Um, I do feel like Texas has a chance to win by fourteen, uh, but the the guys in Vegas and I've said this all week. They they basically said it's a forty seven point over and under, and a seven and a half point Texas favorite. Right now, that means it's going to be roughly twenty seven to twenty. I went and picked Texas 23 to 20 over Iowa State. Jerry went a little bit heavier for the Longhorns. Jerry, was it 27-17 for you? I went 27-17. And look, I think if Texas does their job on the defensive line, and I don't think it's just going to be the interior defensive line. I think Baron Sorrell and Ethan Burke have favorable matchups as well. I think if they contain that outside run game and they're creating a collapsing pocket, for Rocco Beck, when he's in the pocket, Iowa State's in trouble offensively. Iowa State's forced with the the task of moving the pocket a lot to protect Rocco Beck in this game. And when you do that, that means the quarterback's only playing on half the field. That actually plays into the Texas secondary's hands. If you can force him to play on half the field, then you're taking out some of those things that have hurt you this year in the passing game. I I just I think Texas entire defensive line is going to and maybe I'm underestimating Iowa State's offensive line. They'll play the best game they have all year. Texas has played against better offensive lines than this, especially in pass protection. Uh, Let's see what happens. Uh, They'll they'll probably get a lot of quick throws out, move the pocket, just like you're talking about. Screen game, Bobby. Watch them go screen game like K-State did, because I think those I think Iowa State will let the Texas edges get up the field where they feel like, okay, yeah, we're owning this line of scrimmage. We're going to get up the field. And all it takes is that one extra long step up the field, and then you can run that screen game back off their butt. And that's what I think Iowa State's going to try to do. 
All right, let's see what happens there. Uh, schematically, uh, according to uh, Todd Lacey, uh, he asks, what does uh, Texas do on offense and defense to come on, on top? I really think that this goes back to something Rod Babers do, talks about in, in for Texas. They got to keep Iowa State in third and long, and they need to learn how to cover bunch sets yep. from the opponent. Be aware, Iowa State is the one that really exposed Texas a year ago in what they call bunch sets. Texas could not cover it. It wasn't that Xavier Hutchison and Jalen Noel are these unbelievable receivers. They're good receivers. But Texas wasn't covering them ever. I mean, I think they completed like 60% of third and long last year, Iowa State did, and just sat on the ball the whole game long. So Texas has to do a better job of that sort of coverage. That's number one. Number two, on offense, Jerry, what do you think Texas needs to do against this three-high safety look that John Haycock and Iowa State have created. Yeah, I think, uh, look, I think they have to have success running the football early in this game. I I think if they get stymied in the run game early, that's going to create issues uh, for Texas. Uh, Iowa State has young linebackers, and that three-man front's not as good as some of the three-man fronts of Matt Campbell's best teams there. Texas has to run the ball well early in this game. I think if they do that, I think JT Sanders is going to have a huge game in the passing game today, in the intermediate game. I, I really believe that. Um, I, I, I think Sark's going to use Worthy. He's going to use A.D. Mitchell to attack those safeties, not to necessarily make plays on the ball, but to create space for Jatavion Sanders in favorable matchups. Got it. All right. Uh, this is uh, the Longhorn live stream pregame. Uh, we're brought to you by Andy Ludicky at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Make sure you check out uh, Andy. at uh, If you're looking to own your own business and think franchising may be for you, he is a consultant. He literally does a free consultation with you to identify you for the best businesses for you. Uh, so he goes through a whole list of questions and answers. Uh, you guys get, give them to him. He then spits out four or five different franchises that might fit you best. Uh, your time commitment and amount of money you have to invest. Uh, visit him at myperfectfranchise.net or call him at 404-973-9901 or email him, Andy, at myperfectfranchise.net. Okay, we're coming up on the top of the hour, which is when Jerry and I are going to get out of here, let you guys go watch some football games. Uh, elsewhere in the Big 12 today, Jerry, yeah. uh, you know, what are you, what are your, some of your thoughts on the games uh, today uh, in the Big 12? That matter. Yeah, um, look, I think Oklahoma State at Houston's interesting because Oklahoma State played horrific last week. I mean, they played bad. Now, I, UCF made was making throws and catches in the rain that I think surprised anybody, right? Yep. Um, I, I, I look for Oklahoma State to bounce back and run the ball really well against Houston today. Um, I, I, Kansas State, I think, is going to truck Kansas, especially if Bean's not healthy. I just don't see how Kansas is going to stop Kansas State's run game long term. And then if, if if the third string guy Ballers, the quarterback, I think they're in trouble against K-State. UCF Tech is interesting to me, guys. I, in Lubbock. In Lubbock. It's in Lubbock. Texas Tech, one, they have to, I think, what are they? They're five and five. They have to win this game, then sure they have to go to a bowl game since they go to Austin next week. But Tech needs to win this game for confidence, too, going into the Texas game. I mean, look, I, I think UCF has, is playing with a lot of confidence. Bobby, you brought up the freshman tight end, the Pittman kid from uh, the, 
Um, Panhandle of Florida, who was hurt his senior year at one time, was a top 150 kid in the country. They have Javon Baker, the wide receiver who transferred from Alabama. They have really good parts, similar to Texas. They have two receivers that are really good and a tight end that can make plays in the passing game. It's going to provide Texas Tech a look, a poor man's version look of what Texas is going to bring against them next week. But I think John Reese Plumley is going to make plays with his feet in this game. I'm going with UCF to pull the upset, like 30, 29, 31, 29. I think they may, I think UCF may get them today. But tech, tech, tech better win this game. So just to just to reiterate, the games that are important on the Big 12 race, Kansas State plays at Kansas. Uh, that's at six o'clock on Fox Sports One. Oklahoma and BYU about to kick off in Provo. Uh, the Sooners, I don't know how many they're favored by, got to be 20 plus. Uh, that's gonna that'll have an impact. Oklahoma State goes to Houston. Uh, Houston can be a different team at home, as Longhorns found out. That's at three o'clock on ESPN two. Of course, Longhorns play at seven o'clock on Fox There's National. One, uh, one team all Texas fans need to cheer for today. And that's Oregon State. If they beat Washington today, Washington's gonna fall to nine ten in that playoff ranking. And then if they when they play Oregon again in the Pac-12 championship game, that's a much different game than if those two are playing and one's four and one's five, and the consensus is the winner goes to the playoff. Oregon State needs to beat Washington today. Uh, Oregon State's eight and two, Washington uh, ten and zero right now, and that game is in Corvallis, not Seattle. Uh, and weather up there this time of year is just ugly. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, so, all right, that's a good one. Also, Mac Brown trying to out Dabo Dabo. Uh, he's got the the Tar Heels have Clemson today. Uh, Dabo's kind of had Mac's number in years past. We'll see what happens there uh, as well. All right, we have a couple more minutes for uh, questions uh, before we get going. I want to mention this one real quick. Under the radar players tonight. This from Bobby Brown for me, Ethan Burke. And Keelan Robinson. Those Not a bad pick. <laughs> Those are two really good ones, guys. I mean, kickoff return is going to be a cold football. May not be able to punch that thing five yards into the end zone. Keelan Robinson, whether it's in the pass game or the run game, whether it's at tailback or out of diamond formation, um, I think he, this this could be the game Keelan's been waiting on this season, and he's been very patient. Um, you know, that, that'll, that, that will be interesting. Uh, to see what happens there. And I agree on Ethan Burke. I'm, I actually go the other side. I go Baron Sorrell. Oh, wow. All right. I'm going I'm going to go Ethan Burke. I love the, the Keelan Robinson uh, call, if he can, especially if he can take one back. Here's one. Jordan Whittington. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time for them to get him involved a little bit more uh, in the swing pass game out of the backfield uh, to how – how do I say this? So you lose Jonathan Brooks, Jerry. Yeah. You can't all of a sudden start asking Jaden Blue to carry five to ten times a game, a game, in my opinion. You can't all of a sudden expect C.J. Baxter to go 20-plus. 15 is kind of the max there. I agree. They're going to have to manufacture some run game from the receivers. Texas is. And yeah. to do that, I'm going to go uh, personally with Jordan Whittington because I think – Physically, he's he's going to be able to help it. Now, a lot of people will say, well, he's the guy, actually, Bobby, that is the best blocker on the edge, and that is accurate. I, I don't disagree with that, 
but they've got to find a way, Jerry, uh, to and guys to get more people involved uh, in the running game, even if it's just an effective running game uh, on the outside. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm looking for a guy like Jordan Weddington on defense. Hell, I got to go with Ethan Burke. I think I think that he's he looks so good against Kansas State. Um, and I think he can look as good, if not better, against. Uh, by, by the way, he's the one that would hurt Matt Campbell the most because he is the former three-star that rose as a senior that is the motor, the effort guy, the under-recruited guy until late in this season. He is what Matt Campbell talks about. His play. He's better than what Matt Campbell has. That's what Matt Campbell's trying to recruit are guys like Ethan Burke that are under the radar. Hey, David Keith Williams asked, are you sure Washington will fall below Texas if they lose to a team much better than a team yeah, because I think it's because of when they lose. I, I think it's late in the season. Look, I, I think that's going to be the Washington's issue if they lose to Oregon State today is if everybody else keeps winning. Uh, that's going to be their problem. And, and I think people are, you know, I think there's still skeptics about Washington out there because Oregon beat the hell out of them in that game except on the scoreboard. And then Washington struggled with Stanford. They struggled with somebody else along that way. Now I said they had players sick, but – I don't think it matters. If you lose here week 11, uh, it's Oregon State. Yeah, I think they're going to fall. I think you're going to fall below Oregon, Texas, and Alabama in that scenario. All right. And one last player for me. That's just my opinion. One last player, or actually two that I'm going to mention that that has been a little bit of a weighing on me. And then we got to get going because it is is 11 o'clock, Jerry. Um, Burt Auburn. Mm Mm-hmm. Could be a big – I mean, look, if I'm picking 23-20, that means I think Texas is going to hit three field goals. Yeah. So maximize those opportunities, number one. So Burt Auburn has to be key. The other is Ryan Sanborn. Ever since he's gotten that punt blocked against Kansas State, he's kind of been hearing hearing ghosts, if you know what I mean, and not kicking punting the ball as long. That could matter when you're dealing with a ball control team back and forth in a game in Ames. Uh, tonight. All right. That's going to do it, guys. Everybody, thank you all for watching. Uh, Have a good time watching uh, a little football this evening uh, and this afternoon. I know Jerry and I will be doing that. We'll be back. Uh, We start, come back around 15 minutes before game time. Aaron Hogan is hosting the watch with us uh, here on the Longhorn live stream on On Texas Football. Uh, Jerry will be there, myself, uh, Rod Babers, Ian Boyd, too. And then the post-game show, Rod, uh, myself, Drew Kelson, as well as Jerry, if he's around at that time and not exhausted from all the work he's doing today. All right. For Jerry Hamilton and our producer, Matt Hutchison, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks for watching uh, the pregame show. Hook them.